What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo. We're back. We're on Amos chapter 3, 13 through 15. Go ahead and, and pull out your Bible. Let's read. Let's study. If you haven't read it yet, go ahead and stop the uh, the tape. Stop the uh, MP3. Is that what it is? Or stop the, the uh, podcast. Read it. Come back. We'll answer the questions, man. First question for those who have read already. And if you're jumping back in, you're tuning in, then uh, the first question is, what is it actually talking about? What is Amos saying? Um, and here we got Amos saying, he says, listen and testify. So last uh, episode uh, we were in where he, he brought these people to testify and witness the destruction uh, that was going on in Israel because the people of Israel were oppressing and, and uh, crushing. I, I believe one of the, the texts is that they were crushing under the foot the poor and the needy. They were treading upon them like the dust of the earth. That is how bad it was in Israel. And so, man, God calls again to test, to, to watch and testify because we also talked about that this is a covenant relationship. And with a covenant, uh, God said that when certain things happen, certain things would occur. When they followed him, they did his will and they they uh, loved him and obeyed his commandments. And it was like um, these great, and wonderful things would happen. They'd have the stuff in their seasons. The the, the rains would come. The, uh, the people would flourish. They would grow, multiply and be great and strong and be at peace. But if they didn't, curse would come upon them. It says they would go into exile. Sickness would happen. Um, barren women uh, um, just... All uh, all of these different atrocities would occur because they weren't following the Lord. And they and, and God asked him, he says, is this something that you want to do? And uh, they said, yes, we will. We will do everything that you have commanded. And so now that they haven't been doing that, then um, Amos, on behalf of God, is speaking to the people as a lawyer on God's behalf. And he's saying these are the things that's happened. And he's bringing witnesses to testify to this. And what they're testifying to is the fact that uh, they have been living these horrible, oppressive, unjust lives. They've been committing heinous sins against their own brothers and their own land. And so because of this, uh, um, the Lord says, in that day. Now we're going to get to what that means here pretty soon. I believe it's in chapter five. We will begin to talk about what that means, but he says in that day, he says, I will visit the sins of Israel upon them. He says, uh, uh, I'm sorry, before that, he actually says, this is a declaration. So I haven't talked much about this, but after um, Amos says these oracles, he wants the people to know that this is not him speaking because Amos is a prophet and he is not speaking on his own behalf, but on the behalf of the Lord God. And he actually says this. He says, this is a declaration of the Lord God, or he says, the Lord Yahweh, God of Zavayot. And so that I said that. That's the Hebrew term and uh, actually transliterated over to the Greek as well, Zavayot. And so this is a, a, a big, strong word of who God is. He's making not only um, he's making a claim, a statement uh, about who he is. Uh, he says that I'm the God of a armies. 
It be hosts, which could mean the stars and the sky and the angels. So it's an angel army. And then what does that even mean? That, that he has power and control over all things. The hosts of the sky, the stars in the sky, the moon, the, the, uh, the sun, everything he has control over. He has, and he's, he's the leader of it. And so when you say Zavayot, then what you're saying is he's the Lord God Almighty. There's none greater than him. There's none greater than him. Now, he says that, and then he goes on to say he's going to visit these punishments on them. And the punishments that he does is he says that he's going to cut the horns off of the altar. And he says that uh, they will fall to the ground. And the significance of that cutting the horns off the altar is the the horns is where the the animal was placed upon so that the, the, the animal could be killed and the blood could be spilt. With the horns cut off, that means there's no place for that animal to be killed and the blood to be spilled for the sins of the people. And so when God says that he's going to cut the horns off of this altar, he says there is no longer a place for sacrifice of sin. That means forgiveness of sin is gone. There's no place no longer a place for sacrifice of sins. He says he's done. He's through with these people. That is a scary notion for God to say he is done with his people. That's a scary notion. He says the winter house and the summer house is going to be destroyed. He says the great houses, they will be destroyed. A declaration of the Lord. So what does this uh, say about God? First off, he is God Almighty. We went through what Zavioth meant a little bit. I encourage you to go do a little study on that, man, because it's really it's really good to think about God as the Lord of all armies. Uh, when you want, you know, remind me of that Chris Tomlin song, uh, Angel Army, because it's also hosts of the angels in heaven, the divine beings, uh, not not divine, um, I mean, uh, but more as uh um, the the spiritual beings and then these powerful beings in the heavenly places but then also it's the stars and the sky everything that's ever been created that he is over all of those things so he is God almighty but also that God hates syncretous worship so syncretous is a big word and it means mixed or together and so God hates the mixture of what he has called us to do with the things that the world loves to do. He, he does not enjoy that. And matter of fact, that's why he's targeting the uh, Bethel. It's because the sacrifices that, first off, Bethel is not where the worship of God is supposed to occur. Uh, because God called them to worship in Jerusalem. That is the place in which the temple is and that the worship is to occur. One place, not multi multi places, not multi buildings. Ain't no multi site churches for them back then. It was one place, Jerusalem. And so if they're off offering all uh, if they're offering sacrifices and worshiping in Bethel, um, they're absolutely wrong. And so they're doing something that that um, pagans are, are actually doing in that because when that first split, the country first split, and I believe it was Jeroboam, um, as, maybe it was Rehoboam, sorry, 
But uh, after the first split, he made altars in Bethel and in one more place. And he put cattle there, uh, these these cows, the golden calves. And they would worship that and say, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. Sounds familiar. It sounds like a little bit from what um, Aaron did for, for Moses, uh, against Moses, really, against God uh, after the Exodus. But that's what it did so that people would stay up there and not mind it so much that they split from this, the other kingdom, Judah. But this was explicitly banned in the scriptures. And so this is a, a, a first off, it's a split from the scriptures, but then it's also pagan worship. And it's against the, the, the I believe it's the second um, commandment that you won't make any kind of uh, any kind of image of him. They say he looks like a cow because a cow is strong and powerful. And so they are adding to the worship that God had called them to do. And they're mixing the worship with other pagan rituals. Earlier in uh, the podcast, we talked about how it says that uh, a mother, or I'm sorry, a father and a son go into one woman and they defile the name of God. It's, it's because they're doing this thinking that it's glorifying God. But in reality, it's defiling his name. Is defaming his name to the world, saying that this is something that God approves. That is what they're doing. And what does this say about man? Well, it says we love to do whatever we want to do, right? We love to pick and choose like a buffet to go and grab some things that we like and then, uh, you know, leaving the things that we don't. We love to do that. I actually was talking to a buddy and, and uh, just going over a little bit of, of what she believed and and then uh, her, her boyfriend, what he believed, what we believe, me and my wife. And uh, she said that she is a, a I don't want to, I'm trying to think of what she actually said, but she's a, a grazer. She grab eclectic. That's what she said. She's an eclectic that she takes some things from one that she likes and other things from other things that she likes. And uh, that is what the people of Israel are doing here is they're taking the things of God and what they like. And they're also taking the things of other religions and doing what they think about those. Well, how can we apply these things to our lives? Well, first off, know God. I say it often through this, these, these um, um, times that we've been going through this, is that we need to study, study the scriptures. We need to study scriptures. We need to pray, find time for devotion, to read what it says about God, read what it says about his, excuse me, his nature and his character. So that way we will know, what it is that he desires, because it's not only the fact that they are mixing these religions, but it's the fact that, that they don't know that this is against God. This is against his will. That's what's so sad about it. They've been given the law, yet they don't read it. They've been blessed and graced by God to be given the law if they don't read it. Let us not be that people. Let us read and devote ourselves to the scripture and in prayer so that we do know him. And so then that we know what he desires. And so when we do things, we do it because we understand this is what glorifies his name. We're not committing sins out of ignorance, but we actually know who he is and his desire for us. I appreciate you guys' time, and I will talk to you in the next episode.